Welcome to Bold Ambition Podcast. I'm Ingrid. And I'm Nettie. And we're two passionate Latinas conversing with bold, ambitious voices who are making waves in the world. Every week, we dig into the knowledge of community builders, experts, and thought leaders that equip us to make an impact. Okay, enough talk. Come take action with us. Well, hello, besties. Happy Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. How is everyone doing? I feel that the energy and something, the magic in the air just feels very peaceful. It's been beautiful weather here in Austin, Texas. Oh, I found like, I feel like a radio host, like beautiful weather here in Austin, Texas, (laughs) 70 degrees. Yeah. Nettie, what have you been up to? Like, welcome to (laughs) BAPFM. Ew, literally, that's so boomer. <laughs> well, no, but you said like a radio station. That's what I they know. say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I cannot believe it's the last week of March. It went by so fast, but it has been really, really good. I mean, sunshine. We had our first full-on pool day. That was my favorite. I finally have a tan-ish. And this sunshine has been so perfect for my plants. And talking about plants. Today, we're talking about plant parenthood. That's right, like planned parenthood, but plant, in case you didn't get it the first time. (laughs) But we have a very special guest. Her name is Sam Dula. She is a local ATX gardener slash plant person a lot about bees too fun fact she is a beekeeper okay egg but before we jump into this episode tell me about a bowl moment you had this week Ooh, mine is all about solitude and coming back to myself so i had a busy weekend it was sai's birthday and it was a weekend full of people and celebrations and just honestly very busy and I had an aha moment Sunday morning when my body woke up and my mind felt a little bit tired. I felt like I needed to regroup and it was almost telling me like, you need to sit down, go outside, journal, meditate and read. Like my body literally was like itching at me to, to do this. And I trusted it. I trusted my intuition. I did just that to recenter, regroup, reroute myself. And honestly, that was very bold of me because when it comes to the weekends, I kind of throw all of that out the door and I just do like the fun stuff and hang out and maybe do breakfast with Sai, go on coffee runs. Like I do other things, but not for myself specifically. I do them to spend time with my partner or to spend time with my dog. But this time on a Sunday morning, I was like, hold up, hold up. Before we go and do more social hangouts, before we go and do more commitments and more celebrations, like, let me put myself first so I can show up to these places in a healthy state of mind. Yeah. So that was me. It almost sounds like you were craving the you time, taking care of you. (gasps) I love it. I feel like that's the moment when... We've talked about this when a habit has been built and your body, your soul, your mind is saying like, whoa, wait a minute. Why didn't we do this? Why didn't we meditate? Tell me about yours. Okay, let's see. So funny enough, Sai's birthday and Cody's birthday, they're like a day apart. Yeah, I feel like 
this weekend was so good though um with the birthday celebrations and dinners and drinks and pool hangout i felt like it was so good and i would say my bold move this week it's recognizing when I need five, 10 minutes to also regroup mentally. And I feel like now I can be on a roll and get stuff done. I think I'm learning how <laughs> to have meltdowns in an organized way. Does that sound funny? Yeah, bitch. Talk like, about Enneagram. What are you? Enneagram. <laughs> I'm a two. Well, the thing is like, I would, whenever I get like anxiety attacks, it can be bad. And I've been working on trying to figure out like a better, I I don't want to say like a more structured way of feeling down, but I think I was talking to a counselor and I said, I know I'm doing all the things like meditating and going for walks and it's all good for my mental health. But now I'm starting to really pay attention to the pattern so that when I'm feeling down, I can just really quickly cry it out or, you know, just feel it out and then move on. And so that has allowed me to get a lot of, a lot of things done this week. Yeah. I've been on top of my game, getting stuff done. I feel like that's been my, my bold move, just recognizing what's happening around me and inside of me. I was reading, and I think it's important what you said about feeling your feelings and not looking at your feelings as something to fix or, ignore or hide or like not face like it's so important to face your feelings feel them out and let yourself feel them out for as long as they need to be felt because otherwise they're going to resurface in the next pattern and the next meltdown it's going to pile and that's not healthy for for anyone for any meltdown so I encourage everyone to have a weekly meltdown and I encourage all of the the breakdowns too like in a healthy way of course but it's important to feel those feelings. But yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. Actually, I just cried last night because I finished reading Know My Name. Yeah. But talking about working on several things, I am just the happiest because my plans are thriving. Okay. And of course, we recorded this just a few days ago, not even a long time ago. And I feel like I'm already applying all the tips that Sam gave us. So why don't we just jump in? Perfect. Enjoy. Well, Bold Ambition listeners, today we have Sam Dula with us. She is also known as the Innocent Gardener on Instagram. Sam, we're really excited for you to be here with us. We're going to talk all about plant parenthood with you and gardening hacks and tips and tricks. Can you start by telling us about you and your passion for gardening, as well as how you started your online community of The Innocent Gardener? Yeah, of course. I'm so happy to be here. Um, So uh, again, my name is Samantha Dula. Um, I'm at The Innocent Gardener on Instagram. So I really have been around plants uh, my whole life. My grandfather, I think, and thinking back into kind of my journey and identity with gardening, um, I learned how to garden from my grandfather, and he had a backyard garden, which was like amazing, and he used to take me back there when I was little, and my my dad actually gardened as well. So gardening and farming was in my, my past uh, family history, and I then sought it out, you know, and realized that I was really 
you know, passionate about plants and taking care of plants and reconnecting with myself in nature. And later on, like, let's fast forward now, you know, I work in the tech industry full time, like many people, I found myself uh, really excelling in that industry, but I felt really burned out, super stressed out. I actually got laid off uh, for my job. And so that was a real shock for me. My everyday routine was now completely different and I had to recreate, you know, myself from square one. And so I, I ended up going into my community garden and just pouring myself into that every day. So I would walk to my garden in South Austin. I would walk and garden with um, a plot, <laughs> a pretty small plot. And it was my first piece of like land, so to say, to use uh, to garden in. And I really just found that that had allowed me to reconnect with myself you know, on a different level that I wasn't able to. And it became really self-healing and almost meditative for me to garden and have, you know, plants and nurturing the plants and taking care of the soil. And so I found that that really made a huge difference to reconnect my body and my mind. And so really from there, I realized that this is something that's super important in you know anyone's life to take care of a plant is very healing you know no matter if you have a garden plot or you just have some plants in pots inside or outside and i wanted to share that with others and so i was trying to find a an area where i could do that and social media you know during the pandemic it blew up and gardening became you know a hot topic and I think it's probably because a lot of people were realizing and reconnecting with themselves during that time frame. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I know that that's kind of where I gravitated as well. And so I ended up uh, going and creating the Innocent Gardener Project, which um, I, I saw a need for a transpa more transparency in the gardening world. So I really got tired <laughs> on Instagram of scrolling through or, you know, I follow a lot of gardeners and people um, on Instagram and, you know, they tend to post, you know, obviously some of the really beautiful things that they're growing, which is amazing. And it's such a win to see like this amazing cucumber or an amazing carrot that you grew. <laughs> but I really was wondering where all the harder and more challenging parts of gardening uh, were. Um, and I wasn't seeing them on social media. And so, you know, that was just the basis of my project. Decided to create the Innocent Gardener Project and Instagram. And I wanted to feature people's gardening stories that were more transparent. And they were about the actual challenges that people face in the garden so that other gardeners could feel more supported. You know, new and existing gardeners can feel more supported and almost like a mentorship them. That that was Great. so beautifully put. I think everybody had to figure out some way of dealing with being stuck at home. I guess I can speak from experience. I think attending to my plans just brought me peace. And on the days that I just felt like hopeless, like this is it, the world is ending. I don't know where <laughs> yeah. we're going from here. I do think that last spring, just repotting my plants, I started um, 
I started planting jalapenos and other herbs. And I just felt like tending to them was like a different bonding, like such a calming, I don't want to just say activity, but it's like a passion that I didn't know I had for plants. And I am so glad that you decided to create the Innocent Gardener. And you're talking about transparency. I think we're used to Instagram just showing us like the pretty, the aesthetically pleasing things. And so it's so nice and refreshing to hear that it's not always pretty. And this is actually what you could encounter when you become a gardener. And so you said that the project is, the project's main mission is to showcase other gardeners, right? So are they from around Austin or how do you, how do you get to meet them? Tell us more about that. Yeah, great question. I really don't discriminate at all. Um, Anyone who grows something, I consider a gardener. Um, So even if you just have one plant, you know, that qualifies you as someone who has some insight on how to take care of that plant. And so really, I, I reach out to people on social media, I have a website, and you know, people send me their stories. And I ask for pretty much just um, some takeaway that they learned um, and, and got out of, you know, their experience, whether it was like, oh, how this made me feel, or, you know, I really was, you know, challenged by this issue, and I want to share it with other gardeners or growers in general, and how they can come through full circle with that experience. So not just experience it, have this, you know, challenge, and then, you know, maybe you don't actually succeed in whatever that challenge is. Like, say you have hock choy, and you're growing it in your garden, and then a bunch of these flea beetles, came completely emaciated your crop. That is something that you may not have been able to kind of do anything about. It was out of your control. And so I think having an outlet for growers to express that challenge and then talk more about how it and release almost like the perfection around gardening because it's not perfect. Everyone's gardening and growing journey is different. (laughs) There's lots of different ways of doing things. Gardening is for everyone. There is a community of gardeners and, you know, people, some people are existing gardeners, so they may come off as, you know, maybe knowing a lot more knowledge than a new gardener, but it should be a more inclusive space, no matter what level of gardening you are in. And so I want to promote that inclusivity in gardening. You may be a brand new gardener and you really are struggling and you're having a lot of challenges, but that's okay because that more seasoned gardener has been there and has gone through some of the same challenges. And so I think talking about those things are really important to get new gardeners to the point where they feel confident enough to get to where they are a more seasoned gardener. So they don't just give up and quit. Yeah. I really admire uh, your push to create a community rather than just like this club where you're like, "Um, I'm sorry, you don't know much, so you can't sit with us. And so I really love your approach of just welcoming anybody truly that wants, like you said, even if they own one plant, you're willing to just embrace them and say like, yeah, welcome to our community. Like you're always welcome. It's something that I think, you know, will allow more people to feel less pressure when it comes around growing plants, because I think there's this like pressure that you need to know 
everything <laughs> about that plant when you purchase it from the store and you bring it home. And it is really important to know how to care for it, but you know, it's also a learning journey. So you wanna stay as open-minded as possible. And uh, hopefully it does really thrive and grow, but there are times when it may not. <laughs> And kind of how to go and face that and how to kind of move past it and try again, because it's an experiment. I like to see gardening and growing as like it's an experiment, one big experiment. Yes, an experiment, a process, a gentle process. You should be gentle with yourself is what I'm getting from you as well. So I'm curious, what what are you growing currently in your garden? Oh, this is exciting because in Austin right now, it is like, perfect time to put your plants in the ground like you I'm a little late actually I'm putting my plants in the ground right now in my garden plot and so I have eggplants eggplants do really well here in central Texas and so that's a really easy plant to grow here if you want to try I actually grew my first eggplants last year and they did really well and I was so proud of myself (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm growing eggplants. I do tomatoes. However, I'm a little bit weary of tomatoes because uh, for me, I don't eat a lot of tomatoes and I don't want a ton because I have to give them all away. So I'll grow cherry tomatoes a lot of the time so that I don't get overwhelmed with tomatoes. And then at home, I have plants in like in pots outside of my garden and I have like um, a staghorn fern. I really like those. They're like a really interesting fern. And I have an old man head cactus that I absolutely love. (laughs) I don't know its actual name, but it it has like these funny hairs on the top, which is why people call that an old man head cactus. And it's gotten really, really, really tall. And it, it must just be thriving in the the Texas heat here. And then, oh, I have one more plant that I'll tell you about that I'm staring at right now. And it's a fire stick cactus. And that does really well. It's kind of a, it's actually a little bit like a succulent and a cactus, like all in one. And it changes color, which is interesting. It changes like yellow and green, green, yellow, green, and red. So I I have a lot going on. (laughs) That is so cool. I feel like such a bad parent right now. Such a bad mom plan because I don't know, no. I don't know any of my children's names. Like, oh yeah, no. I'm just like that little plan, baby plan with a cute little leaves. And yes. then I feel like every time I describe them, I'm like the one with the cute leaves. Okay, but all yes. of them are cute, so I can oh, never keep up it. with their names. No, I get that. That's why, yeah, my cactus, no clue what its actual name is. Just it's an old man head cactus. Not sure. So you mentioned. You will grow cherry tomatoes, you will grow eggplants. Now, say someone that lives in an apartment, I'm currently living in an apartment, I think it's hard to, and especially if you never looked into gardening, but I'm sure it's daunting because you don't know where to start, right? So are, are there any vegetables or herbs that you would recommend that someone could start with? Like if they live in an apartment, small place, you know, a little bit of patio, what could they start with? That's a great question. I would say, because I've lived only in apartments, um, that I can relate and I really wanted to grow something and I wasn't sure what. And so I actually tried just a bell pepper in a pot and it was a success, um, surprisingly. 
Now, the first year, it was not a success. I think it may not have been gotten pollinated by a, a bee because I don't think I had other plants nearby that would have drawn like something up to my balcony, my patio. And so the first year I had my pepper plant, it did not fruit, so it didn't create a bell pepper. But the second year, so another cool thing about living in Texas is that we peppers sometimes won't uh, die the next year around um, if you really take care of it and like cover it from the, the freeze. Um, so I actually, the second year around, it did, it did produce. So I just kind of kept with it. Um, so I'd suggest just getting a really big pot um, the bigger the pot, the better, because what it does is it'll retain moisture and help the plant really um, kind of keep a repository of water for the plant, getting some potting soil, putting it in a pretty big pot, and then, yeah, try out a bell pepper because it, it will likely um, live uh, for you. And, and it doesn't matter if you're in an apartment, you have a patio, you can grow herbs all of the herbs your heart desires. <laughs> okay, so a follow-up question. Do you have any tips on growing vegetables? Like, are any plants that grow closer to others that work, you know, that like they work well, they, they grow together? What can you tell us about it? Yeah, of course. So I love talking about this because really as a gardener and an organic gardener, I guess, so I don't like to use any chemicals in my plants. Um, I use all natural fertilizer and things like that. But um, ideally, you want to create an environment for your plants to really thrive. And a way you can do that is by companion planting. And so the benefits of companion planting are like immense because you're basically planting friendly plants next to each other. Um, and what they'll do is it will draw like beneficial insects to your garden or your, you know, your pots that you may have out on your patio. Um, it'll also prevent any type of like weeds from growing by doing companion planting. And it can also deter bad bugs uh, from your plants. So um, some things that you can plant together, like companion plants, it's typically like herbs you wanna plant paired with your vegetable plant. And so like, for example, you know how we eat tomatoes all the time and usually we eat pasta with and tomatoes with basil. Well, it's funny because outside of, you know, eating them and having them on your plate, in the garden growing together, growing them next to each other is really beneficial for both of the plants. So that's what companion planting is kind of about. It's like this harmony between the plants where they really like work off of each other um, to ensure that they're more successful in growing. And so I know too, a lot of the times people will say even using um, flowers will deter certain pests or they'll draw certain insects to your plants that you want to be pollinated. Um, so marigolds are a big one and you see them and you're, you know, at the store, um, they're like an orange or a yellow flower. So marigolds are important. And the reason why they're important is that they draw bugs that eat pests. So they, they draw in the good bugs that you want in your garden to eat all the bad bugs in your garden that will be a threat to some of the plants in your garden. So a lot of times they say to plant them your tomatoes or pepper plants 
So they're really a super important plant to have around. And, and different flowers will do that for different vegetable plants that you may be growing. Um, you can even Google it. Like I'm not opposed, like I don't know everything. So I would highly recommend if you're interested in this idea of like companion planting, you're basically creating more biodiversity in your garden. You're like intermixing different types of plants um, or even on your patio, you're like intermixing, like you have some flowers on your patio, you know, don't leave it just at that, like grow some other cool plants too, like herbs and things um, because they, they can really benefit having them next to each other for lots of different reasons. This is so good, so micro, so detailed, which is what I've been loving, um, especially as someone who knows nothing about plants or how to even start. So this is a really exciting conversation for me. So earlier you mentioned that when you were planting your first bell pepper, you, bees were not pollinating. That's what you, you assumed. How important are bees in gardening? Also, you're a beekeeper, which is a fun fact. So I want to hear more about that. I could talk for hours about bees and how important they are for really all plants. Um, and so now the bees, when you're a beekeeper, you're taking care of um, European honeybees typically. And so, well, all of the time you're taking care of European honeybees and they are used in our agricultural production. So a lot of times beekeepers, they keep bees and they ship their bees into different areas around the United States and they place their bees on that land to then pollinate their crops. They do this, for example, like with the almond crop, bees from all over the country will go there to be pollinated. So Really, bees for, for a very long time have been e extremely in integral in the biodiversity of our plant systems. Now, the system I was just discussing is a very controlled system that we have kind of um, developed in the United States and in our agricultural purposes to really keep up with our food demand here. Um, but when it comes to, you know, other flowering plants in the environment, like for example, blue bonnets. Blue bonnets are super, super popular here in central Texas. They're a native plant. Um, they're a blue color. They're a really pretty flower. They now are actually pollinated solely by native bees as well as bumblebees. And it's because that flower, the shape of the flower only allows a certain type of bee to pollinate it. And so certain, certain bees will gravitate to other plants. Um, so for the most part, um, European honeybees are used to pollinate our crops, whereas there are native bees in the environment. There's a native bee population, um, and there are, I think, about 2,000 species of native bees. And these are solitary bees, and they don't live in like a community like the honeybees do. Um, and so they live independently out in the environment and those native bees, they're solitary bees, um, are around and on the planet to pollinate everything else. Bees in general as a whole, whether they're native or European honeybees are especially important for the biodiversity of all of our plants, whether it be the food we eat, you know, or you know, flowers and other flowering plants that are around and in the environment. Um, so yeah, bees, yeah, are super, super, super important in every way. Um, so we want to be, 
you know, better friends as, as growers and gardeners, you want to be a better uh, steward to insects and bees. And in my opinion, not using different chemicals that can impact them. I mean, this is so enlightening. And this just made me think of whatever you put on your plants, fertilizers, and, you know, trying to avoid chemicals. I'm really happy that as of lately, I feel like all across the board, whether it's foods, cleaning products, or even like personal products, I'm trying to stay truly away from chemicals. Because I know it's not only stuff that I'm putting in my body, but also like residual, like the bottles they come in or you know or if I spray something outside like what is it going to kill bees and we should care yeah <laughs> right they're very important I mean if we didn't have bees we wouldn't have I mean they contribute to about one third of our food having bees so our food our plates I think there was something online I saw and it showed a plate setting of what a meal would look like if there were no bees and it was so bland and really boring, you know, the foods that are on the table, um, because bees, you know, are super integral in all the beautiful, colorful plants that we eat, apples, cranberries, all of those delicious things that we love. (laughs) They're important to bees, yeah. To wrap things up with gardening, are there any common gardening myths that you have been seeing there basically um any like fake news around gardening that you're like no that's not true and I'm here to tell the story oh that's a great question I mean I can tell you this if you're gonna start with a new plant you know you want a new plant baby go to a local nursery because there's a great chance that they're not going to actually have, they're going to have plants that you know that came from a reputable place and they likely weren't treated with different chemicals. I usually tell people to, to avoid like a, a box store if you can, if you're starting out. Steer clear the box store plants, go to your local nursery, chat with the people at your nose local nursery just because they're going to know a lot about how you can care for that plant that you may be choosing out for the first time. But a lot of the times when you're going to buy a pot, you know, a big pot, put your plant in, you may notice that there's no hole in the pot. And you're wondering like, why are there no holes in these pots? Like I need a hole. Don't, don't I need a hole in this pot? And yes, you do need a hole in the pot. So please don't buy and steer clear pots that don't have holes in them. Or go, you can go ahead and like drill a hole in the bottom of like the ceramic pot if you really wanted to, or even like a plastic pot. Cause sometimes I use big plastic pots and I'll like poke my own holes in the bottom because you want to ensure that there's proper and good drainage for your plants so that you don't cause root rot. And if, you know, say you wanted to plant your new plant baby in an awesome big pot and it didn't have any holes in it, you would actually, all that water wouldn't have anywhere to go to escape. And so you may cause uh, root rot, which the roots of your plant just start to rot and then your plant dies. And, you know, from up top, you're looking at the plant and you're like, why is this plant dying? And it's because there's no holes in your pot um, and it likely has root rot. What a hot tip. Honestly, I would have never thought about the holes in the pots. I'm going to go look at what I have now because maybe that's why all of my plants are dying. (laughs) But Sam, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge. You are so impressive with all of your facts and tips and tricks and hacks 
for how to get into this community and become a gardener. I know you're passionate about encouraging others to take on gardening, especially when you're growing from those mistakes and mishaps. So if you could just leave the audience with one last encouraging words to take on gardening, what would those be? I would say I have like three tips for a new gardener. Well, actually four maybe. So the first one is anybody can grow anything. The second one is to just start small. You know, it's easy to get a little ahead of yourself when you're first, you know, diving into this um, new hobby that you, you have, but just start as small as you can, you know, buy one or two plants and really, you know, take it from there. The third thing is to really just observe and, and adjust based off of what you're observing. Observe, uh, you know, the sun, observe how much water you're giving, observe the soil you've given your plant, and then just adjust based upon that. Um, maybe it's too much sun and you've noticed that you'll move your plant to somewhere that's a little less sunny. And same with water. If you're watering too much you, and you're noticing your plant's a little waterlogged, try to cut back a little bit and then keep an open mind about all of this. You know, no one's an expert in any of this and feel free to use all the resources that you may have around you. Ask your friends who've maybe grown something. Check online, Google it. There are lots of books um, that you can look into and in online resources. It, and it doesn't have to be a lot when you're first starting. So you know, it's all an experiment and a learning process and a learning journey. So I really just would suggest just starting small and then taking it from there and to be kind to yourself. I love it. This is so good. Also, I'm about, I just saw a video on how to grow bell peppers. So when you mentioned it, I, I thought this is my second sign that I need to go grow that bell pepper that's sitting in my fridge. Do it. It'll be delicious. And and it's all a learning journey. So, you know, maybe it won't work out the first year. You know, you can always try, you know, tweak some things. And then next year, you know, maybe you'll get a bell pepper. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Sam, thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope our listeners are encouraged to try and use the tips that you are giving us and maybe they'll reach out to you and join the community yes of course i appreciate you both and thank you so much for having me Nettie, i learned so much what about you this episode has made me so happy because i feel like i hear everything sam is saying and i'm like yes 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 like her and i need to become best friends because i was just thinking of all my babies and all my plants and there's so many more topics that we can talk about like clipping how to like properly clip a plant and also replanting and also taking care of them like oh my gosh we had that freeze and i bet to all the plant moms out there and dads that, you know, just the change in the weather is just worrisome because you have to think about, oh my gosh, do I have to bring in the plants? Do I have to water them more? Do, you know, like there's so many things to, that we could talk about. But anyway, so this has been like one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah. I think we really just barely hit the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. and there's so much more we can be talking about with Sam. Also, she is a beekeeper in the Austin area. So if you're interested in going and visiting her and mm -hmm. visiting her bees, that's definitely something that we can help you out with. Just follow her at Innocent Gardener. Yeah. I really hope that all of y'all got to, first of all, learn something. And second, if you are not a plant parent yet, just yet, 
please hit us up or DM Sam. To all the listeners, send us some pictures with your baby plants. Here is just a little, another hot tip. But Ingrid, I don't know if you remember, but my one of my succulents was just growing and growing so much that I started clipping them. And I just thought, what a better present to my girlfriends for a Valentine's Day than just to give them a little plant from my garden. So I think that's just like a neat way of sharing your plants and your passion uh, with other friends. Yeah, I have three plants that Netta has given me. They're all still going strong, probably because Sai is the only one that waters them. (laughs) But (laughs) they get a great amount of sunlight. And I mean, they're cute. They're growing. They're they're there and thriving. I'll send you pictures right after this, just so I can give you a little plant update. But I think I do agree. It's a very thoughtful gift. And also like earth-friendly, eco-friendly. I mean, maybe this is your sign to take up gardening so you can also just start sharing that love with other people around you. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.